This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Flames shooting through the roof of a turn-of-the-century house in Vancouver's West End. 50 firefighters battling the fast-moving fire, making sure it didn't spread to other buildings. Good evening and thanks for joining us tonight. About a dozen people are now homeless because of that fire. The flames suddenly erupted in the basement and then quickly spread through the entire home. As Grace Key reports, the immediate concern for firefighters was to get everyone out to safety. It was one of the oldest homes in Vancouver's West End. A massive blaze tore through the house near Broughton and Comox Streets at about 8 o'clock Saturday night. Turn of century construction, and when we made access, we had crews inside initially, but the, the wall, fire was inside the walls. I believe it was balloon construction, so it just traveled right up, right up to the top. It was pretty evident in the beginning stages of the fire that we were going to lose it. Our area was hampered by the trees. We couldn't get that up. Uh, the close proximity to the roads and access, we had wires on the on the alley side and it was charged in high voltage tension wires above that. Uh, we brought an aerial up the back side to avoid the wires. We couldn't get it up because of the wires. By the next day, some of the residents had returned to the home, hoping to be able to retrieve what they could, but they were told it was just too dangerous to go inside. I lost everything in my room. I was living there for more than two years. Now it's... All this, this loss, you know. The Queen Anne style home was built in 1905 by architects Parr and Lee for $3,000. The average home at the time cost 1200 Local jeweler George Trory once lived here. He had the Burke's clock before it was the Burke's clock. So when Burke's jewelers acquired his business, they moved the clock over, which still exists. So um, George Trory, which is an old name of Vancouver, was one of the first residents. The home will now have to be demolished. The cause of the fire is still under investigation. Grace Key, Global News. In other news tonight for ICBC, the losses continuing to mount. Today, the Insurance Corporation announcing by the end of the fiscal year it is projected to lose $1.3 billion. As Kristen Robinson reports, that has now prompted calls for more private insurers. Hit after hit after hit. Growing financial pressures from the rapid increase in crashes means ICBC is bleeding more money. I figure ICBC is just dabbling in too many things and wasting our money. I think it's getting a bit much. The province warned us last fall. We need to take drastic action to fix ICBC's devastating current financial situation. Now the writing is on the wall about ICBC's staggering losses. $935 million in the first nine months of this fiscal year, with a projected net loss of almost $1.3 billion by March 31st. As the number of collisions continues to escalate, the costs of claims are ballooning. Over the past 12 months, ICBC says it's seen an unprecedented 80% growth in large loss claims each with an average cost of $450,000. have to drive, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to. And then you factor in fuel costs, factor in 
everything else, it all adds up and makes it almost unaffordable. Yeah, who can afford it, exactly. Right. <laughs> I think, as usual, the government has priced themselves out of business. The amount of ICBC premiums coming in not covering the ever-increasing costs of claims payouts. With the status quo not sustainable, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation believes ICBC should become a co-op open to private competition. That way, BC drivers can still choose to stick with ICBC if that's what they like, and it'll be owned by them as shareholders, take it out of the meddling hands of politicians, and then let us shop around for lower insurance rates. Privatization would be a good thing. Yeah, it would be great if we had other options. Kristen Robinson, Global News. All right, let's break all of this down and what it means for drivers and bring in our Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry on this. Keith, a big question on a lot of people's minds right now after watching that will be, mm-hmm. are we facing a, another rate hike? Well, undoubtedly we, w- we will, but David Eby, the Attorney General tomorrow, will be holding a news conference. He won't be announcing a new rate hike there, but he will again be talking about the review he's been conducting of ICBC. He's hinted at some of the big measures uh, that may have to take place as a result of this basically fiscal uh, dumpster fire at ICBC. So here's some of the things he's talked about in the past and we fully expect to be implemented at some point down the road. First of all, a cap on uh, soft tissue injury claims. Uh, that that uh, figure has been exploding in recent times because of all the and collisions that come from uh, texting and, and phoning on your device and such. Uh, he's talked about installing more red light cameras at a lot more intersections around BC. That's where a lot of the accidents take place, is people trying to cheat red lights and having uh, side-on or even head-on collisions in intersections. And finally, uh, this has already been announced, but it could go even higher. Tougher penalties for high-risk driving, whether it's excessive speed or, again, back to distracted driving, uh, Sonia, where that has been the big reason why there's been such an escalation in, uh, in the number of claims. One thing they've got to get uh, their heads around, though, and we're not sure how far they're going to go here, they've got mm-hmm. to cut down on the legal costs, which means a lot of experts are talking about switching to no-fault insurance, which greatly reduces the amount of money that will be paid out in injury claims. Evie's ruled that out for now. I'm not convinced he can hang on to that position forever. And, you know, this, this whole idea of private insurance here, um, you know, and that big push, so many provinces across Canada are already doing that. What are the chances that the NDP would push something like that through? I'd say it's very minimal. ICBC was, was the, uh, uh, created by the NDP government of the 1970s, one of the most cherished sacred cows from the Dave Barrett government. I don't see the NDP being the party that blows ICBC up, but it may be the party that may have to adopt some of the changes to the insurance system that the NDP government of the 90s refused to adopt because right now what's happening there is just simply not sustainable and the government cannot risk jacking people's insurance rates up by sky-high margins. They're going to go up, folks, no question, but the NDP is going to be challenged to keep them down to a level that doesn't you know, necessarily fuel tremendous public anger, just public disappointment. Right. All right, Keith, we'll uh, wait and watch and see what happens. Thank you very much for all of that tonight. Uh, Back in other news tonight, a candlelight vigil is set to be held later this week for the nightclub worker who was killed trying to break up a fight. A small memorial has now been set up outside the Cabana Lounge. This is on Granville Street. Friends say that Cal Winder Tind had just started working as a promoter there in the past few weeks. It was in the early hours of yesterday morning that the 23-year-old had stepped in to try and stop a fight, but he was stabbed and later died in hospital. Several people have been arrested. Investigators still trying to work out what exactly happened. The vigil is set for 7 o'clock this Wednesday night near Granville and Davie.
Hundreds packed a baseball diamond in South Delta today to remember 14-year-old Kyle Lossay. The star baseball player died in hospital on Tuesday. This is two days after he fell down while vaping. As Tanya Beja reports, the celebration of life happening as his family and friends continue to struggle to understand what exactly did happen to Kyle. Baseball was his life and we just thought it was really fitting to celebrate a diamond on the diamond. Kyle Lossay's teammates, coaches, friends and relatives gathered on the Tawasin field where the 14-year-old won so many games. I just loved watching him play on the field. He was just such a natural and he just... He always had a smile. Like He was always smiling. He was always happy. Lassay excelled at baseball, leading his team, the Athletics, to a provincial title. He was followed by major league scouts and adored by his peers. Right from the start, Kyle was, you could see it, he was a once-in-a-generational player and uh, a kid who just loved to be at the ballpark and, uh, and he loved to learn. Kids kind of uh, gravitated towards Kyle just because he was uh, he just one of those things that kind of lit up the room and his compassion was just uh, off the charts. Lasse fell while vaping nicotine. He was taken to Delta Hospital, monitored and released the next day. Within hours, his condition worsened. Paramedics rushed Lasse to BC Children's Hospital, where scans revealed brain damage. He died on Tuesday. I love you, my son. You will never, ever be forgotten. And I promise to keep your legacy going forever. Lasse's parents are questioning why Delta Hospital released their son and whether more could have been done to save him. If there was a mistake, just admit there was a mistake so that this doesn't happen for, for any other uh, child or parents to have to go through. As Fraser Health investigates, the Tawasin baseball community is mourning its star player. With all that potential, we'll never know where he would have ended up, so we'll miss him. His family is hoping to rename the diamond at Winskill Park in Lasse's honour. You're gone too soon, but now you're playing for a new team, the Angels. Daddy loves you. Tanya Beja, Global News. A suspect in a sexual assault on board a Skytrain this weekend has now been charged. Transit police say 56-year-old Ghulam Murtaza Najib is charged with sexual assault and unlawful confinement. A 21-year-old woman reported being groped while on board a Skytrain just after midnight on Saturday. The train was travelling between Broadway and Joy Street. The woman says she was assaulted again at the Joy Street bus loop. The suspect set to appear in court tomorrow. A father and daughter originally from Kelowna were killed last weekend during an ATV accident on Vancouver Island. 51-year-old Bill Braden and 15-year-old Megan were out for a ride with another teenager last Sunday when they were swept away by fast-moving waters. They were trying to cross a creek near Campbell River at the time. The family wants to thank all the first responders and searchers who came out to help. A public service will be held next month. Heavy rain and snow in parts of BC today, reminding everyone that winter is far from over. Why? Why? In the Okanagan, between five and nine centimetres of snow fell between Kelowna and Vernon by early this afternoon. The blast of winter coming after several days of spring like weather in the region and really caught some people off guard. I looked out at 8 and it was like, oh no, <laughs> I thought spring was coming. I didn't want to shovel and now I have to shovel. Yeah, no one wants to shovel. According to Environment Canada, some wet snow or a mix of rain and snow could still fall before tomorrow morning. 
In Metro Vancouver, umbrellas and boots were very much needed for anyone who was heading outside as steady rain fell across the south coast. The weekend's warm temperatures and heavy rain have led to a high stream flow advisory for rivers and streams in Metro Vancouver, Vancouver Island and the central coast. And it is far from over. The weather warnings continuing into Monday. Let's bring in our Yvonne Schell, who can break all of that down for us now. Yvonne? Thanks, Sonia. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, a significant amount of rain. We're continuing to track this this evening overnight, and it is taking aim right across the south coast and into the interior sections. We've got an atmospheric river, in short, that is pretty much a river in the sky, and that rainfall, a significant amount, is going to fall across the coast, the areas that are in green. It's the western and inland sections of the island that could see up to 200 millimeters by tomorrow. Most areas across Metro Vancouver stretching into the Fraser Valley, anywhere between 60 and up to 90 millimeters. A snowfall warning is in effect if you're heading along the Sea to Sky for Whistler. Much of the interior up to 30 centimeters. A wind warning across the central coast. We've got a winter storm warning that is also in effect. I'll have more on that, but we do have a significant amount of rain and snow, and I'll have your highway forecast coming up shortly. Sonia? Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. We'll see you in a few minutes. Uh, in other news tonight, there have been more shots fired in a Surrey neighborhood this weekend. Someone opened fire at about 9 o'clock last night near 158th Street and 83rd Avenue. This is in the Fleetwood area. Witnesses saying that two vehicles were seen leaving the scene shortly afterwards. Officers finding shell casings on the road. Fortunately, in this case, no bystanders were hurt. And Vancouver police are investigating another stabbing overnight. This one was in South Vancouver. It happened at about 1.30 this morning near Knight Street and East 63rd near Southeast Marine Drive. Police were seen bagging evidence and talking to witnesses. No details have been released about any possible victims or arrests. Still ahead tonight, when bad blood between neighbours could actually help you sell your home. Plus, the once-in-a-lifetime whale encounter in the waters of seashells. Stay with us. And this as well, the story of two young women who've been arrested and could face jail time in Cambodia. Work on the Johnson Street Bridge in Victoria, planned for this weekend, finally started today. This is after high winds halted operations yesterday. Crews lifted the last major pieces of the new bridge into place today. The massive crane barge known as the Dynamic Beast lifts and places the 46-metre-long 470-ton bridge deck span. During the closure, pedestrians, cyclists and drivers had to use the Bay Street Bridge instead. When the new bridge is operational, the old one will be demolished. All right, we have a follow-up now on the eye-raising for sale sign we told you about on last night's news hour. A homeowner in Kelowna there putting an offensive word on the sign that we'd rather not say on air to explain why he's selling the property. As Jules Knox of Global Okanagan now reports, it's obviously the talk of the neighbourhood. And a reminder for you, look away if you don't want to see that word. For sale signs are a common sight around Kelowna. But it's not often you see the reason why a person is moving listed on the sign itself. This house on Thompson Road going on the market because the homeowners are fed up with a neighbour. I think it's a great, great sign to be honest because it actually discloses to anyone who wants to buy this home that there's a problem in this neighbourhood with this one person. Sharon Godry is visiting her daughter and son-in-law in their home. She says the neighbor started harassing the couple when they moved in five years ago. He's been um, victimizing, uh, bullying, harassing, um, 
this family, my family. Residents in the area say the neighbor frequently and frivolously calls bylaw officers on the family. He's really targeted them. He's just targeted them. He's accused them of all kinds of things, which just aren't true. The neighbor in question declined an interview, but his friend Keith Kish says he's shocked by the sign, both its profanity and its message. That is something that should never be put up in any neighborhood. Kish is concerned about bylaw enforcement in the neighborhood and says officers aren't doing enough. To do with home-based businesses, to do with the speeding and erratic driving. Bylaw officers could not be reached for comment. As for other neighbors, their feelings on the sign are mixed. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Not the sort of thing you like to see in a neighborhood. You like everybody to get along, and uh, in this case, they're just not. But despite the warning on the sign, Godry says the family has still received offers on the house. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. Wow. All right, a couple in Seashell captured an incredible moment on camera this weekend. So let's show you this. This is uh, Sasha Koftinoff and Martin Michael who are racing out to Golden Mile Beach after hearing that a pod of orcas were nearby. They ended up seeing them rubbing along the rock beds close to the shore. The water in this spot is deep. These northern resident killer whales known to be frequent beach rubbers. Researchers say that it's just part of their social behavior. So what these guys got to see, the pod hanging out for about 45 minutes, providing a really pretty spectacular display. Incredible. I wonder if they huddle around and say, let's go impress the humans uh, for a little bit. They'll just take show pictures. They'll show it on the news because we, right? everyone loves to watch. Exactly. They're smart. Yeah, they know it's on the news out right now. Okay. Uh, Barry, we'll get sport from you in just a second. At Weather, it is nuts out there right now. Yes, and it's uh, we still have a ways to go, especially mm. over the next 12 to 24 hours. The rainfall warning that we showed you at the top of the show across Metro Vancouver and into the Fraser Valley, 16 up to 90 millimeters. If you're heading along the mountain passes, we do have snowfall warnings for the following areas. The Sea to Sky, 20 up to 30 centimeters. The Coquihalla from Hope to Merritt, similar. Highway 97 for the Kootenai Pass, 30 to 50, and the Rogers Pass, 30 to 50 centimeters. So a significant amount of snow. A winter storm warning is in effect across the north and central coast. I'll show you what that means and we'll sort of outline when we start might to see a little bit of a reprieve but it is coming in waves so anticipate that especially for a Monday morning across the south coast. Oh dear. I'm, a lot of snow. Yeah I know yeah not good for a lot of people. Um, is it affecting sport at all? Probably not. Uh, I wouldn't. It? Well yeah. not in Tampa where no. the all-star game oh, was. No. Uh, there's not a lot of snow there but uh, Brock Besser you know a, a star among all-stars this weekend. I mean I think Canuck fans you know have been pleasant just excited that they have this young kid who is on their team who's lighting it up and he did it again today not only did he score a goal in each of the two mini games that he played he won the MVP the first time that's ever happened and it was voted upon by the fans so Brock can't do anything wrong he's, he's just he is he's a great young kid and um, you know obviously the cornerstone of the future so that's pretty good news. We're very happy about that. All right. Um, also still to come, Donald Trump's got a new feud. This time it's with a very popular hip-hop artist. We'll explain that one. Plus, the dire prediction is the volcano in the Philippines is spewing ash and lava. And why two Canadian women could be facing jail time in Cambodia uh, for sharing these pornographic photos, according to officials there. We'll break that down for you as well. 
An active volcano in the Philippines lighting up the night sky with glowing embers and red-hot lava. The eruption has forced more than 78,000 people to flee their homes in recent weeks. Ash, molten rock and lava have been spewing since January the 13th. Officials now fearing a major eruption could happen in the next few days. They're also worrying that heavy rain in coming days could also create dangerous mudflows in that region. Two Canadian women are among 10 foreign tourists arrested in Cambodia for allegedly dancing provocatively at a local party. Police raided a rented villa on Thursday, found these 10 people along with several others, uh, quote, dancing and singing pornographically. 90 people were at the party described as a pub crawl, but all were released except these 10 after they shared the photos on social media. Cambodian officials have now charged them with distributing pornography. The Canadians were identified as a 19-year-old from Alberta and a 25-year-old from Ottawa. Global Affairs Canada is in contact now with the women. As members of parliament prepare to get back to work tomorrow, the prime minister addressed his caucus today in Ottawa to promise more action in the wake of recent sexual misconduct allegations. Making workplaces better, safer, more welcoming places for women is not just the right thing to do, it's the smart thing to do. His comments following sexual assault allegations made last week against some pretty high-profile politicians, including Ontario Progressive Conservative Party leader Patrick Brown, who resigned over the incident, and Liberal MP Kent Hare, who was accused of making inappropriate sexual remarks, was ousted from the Cabinet on Thursday. His accuser, a woman from Alberta who says she's been getting death threats since coming forward with her claims against the former federal cabinet minister. She says since she went public, the last 24 hours have shown the best and the worst in people, adding this is why people don't speak up. She says she's now afraid to leave her home. The White House is pushing back tonight after a bombshell report claiming President Donald Trump ordered the firing of special counsel Robert Mueller. The cloud still hanging over Trump as he is now preparing for his first State of the Union address. The White House Sunday disputing a bombshell New York Times report that President Trump ordered the firing of special counsel Robert Mueller one month after Mueller began his Russia election investigation. We've continued to comply fully. Robert Mueller is still special counsel. I'm not familiar in any conversation I've had with the president ever intimating he wanted to fire Robert Mueller. But members of Congress are not convinced and believe any attempt at obstruction of justice has to be investigated. I believe it's something that Mueller should look at. We're not going to just say it's fake news and move on. Lawmakers are considering passing legislation to protect Mueller. It would certainly wouldn't hurt to put that extra safeguard in place given the latest stories. The Russia investigation still hanging over the president as he prepares for his first State of the Union address. Aides say the often combative president will focus on compromise and immigration, a path to citizenship for young people brought to the U.S. as children and now here illegally. A tough sell to his own party. Those here illegally, we should not be granting a path to citizenship. That is wrong. And it's inconsistent with the promises we made to the working men and women of this country. Part of that immigration deal will include the president's plan to spend $25 billion on a wall along the Mexican border. Jennifer Johnson, NBC News, Washington. Violence uh, erupted in Pennsylvania today after a man opened fire in a car wash, killing multiple people. Police now releasing more details about the suspect and his possible motive in the killings. 
The shootings happened at a small car wash in Melcroft, Pennsylvania, about 55 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. This is a pretty quiet place, usually. Police say 28-year-old Timothy Smith, armed with a semi-automatic rifle and two other guns, was waiting for the first two victims when they arrived just before 3 a.m. 27-year-old William Scott Porterfield and his companion 25-year-old Chelsea Lou Klein arrived in a silver Dodge Stratus and exited the vehicle for unknown reasons and proceeded to the side of the car wash where they were shot and killed. Three more people arrived in a pickup truck. Two were killed. The driver, 23-year-old Courtney Sue Snyder, and the left front passenger, 21-year-old Seth William Klein, were shot and killed in the vehicle as it was in a stopped position. Police say a woman in her 20s hid inside the pickup and survived. Timothy Smith suffered a gunshot wound to the head. Police say it could be self-inflicted. He is hospitalized and is not expected to survive. While police have not revealed a motive, NBC affiliate WPXI quotes family members who say the shooting was the result of a domestic dispute. Dan Shenneman, NBC News. Protests erupted across Russia today calling for a boycott of the upcoming presidential election. Thousands turned out in Moscow with similar rallies held in several other cities around the country. Protesters saying President Vladimir Putin has rigged the election. The main opposition leader was arrested earlier today during the protest and has since been released. His office also raided by police. He has now been barred from running for office. Six people and a baby were found alive today, remarkably drifting in a dinghy off the coast of New Zealand. It was carrying the survivors of a ferry that had capsized four days ago with about 50 people on board. A military plane found the survivors aboard a 15-foot dinghy and then dropped supplies to them, including food, water and a radio. A fishing vessel then diverted to that location to get them picked up. Now, it is likely you have this man to thank for some of the furniture in your home. The founder of IKEA has passed away. Flags are flying at half-mast at stores across Sweden, paying tribute to Ingvar Kamprad, who died at his home at the age of 91. The billionaire started the company in 1943 at the age of just 17, but he didn't hit pay dirt until 1956, when he pioneered the idea of packing materials into flat boxes that could be more easily shipped. The company now bringing in roughly $62 billion a year. Incredible. Yvonne is up next with your forecasts. And also on the news front, the new Trump feud on Twitter. This time it is involving hip-hop mogul Jay-Z and the subjects of race. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. All right, welcome back. Mild weather in Fredericton today made for the perfect opportunity to get outside and get a little active. With your next inhale, all the eyes. Yeah, you're going to love this. This is all part of the Frostival Festival. Yeah. A few dozen people taking part in yoga in the snow, or snoga, as it's called. It's a new twist on an old classic, and one participant of all ages and skills are able to enjoy the event raising money for the local hospital foundation. And from Snoga, we go to a fluffier variety. Yoga lovers in Nevada have gone down the rabbit hole searching for a new way to achieve inner peace by 
including bunny rabbits. They claim the workout is good for both the humans and the bunnies because it's very, very calm. The class raising funds for the local Humane Society. Oh, I guess, yeah, right, Yvonne. I can, it's a great idea. It would distract me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't work with me. But anyway, what's happening out there today? Oh, it's very busy. Uh, weather-wise, we're going to continue to see uh, this moisture pushing its way in, targeting the south coast and the southern half of the province, and a significant amount of rain is still going to fall for the evening and overnight. On the satellite and radar, we've got a heavier pocket right now for the southern sections of the island, and the hardest-hit area across the island as we progress throughout our Monday will be the western sections and inland, where we could see up to 200 millimeters of rainfall. Here's our tower cam. It is soggy out there. Temperatures are sitting at 9 for the airport and easterly wind at 22 kilometers per hour. That's our high for today, so that should read 9. And the average for this time of the year sits at 7, so we're close to it. And it is going to continue to be quite mild for tomorrow. A very happy birthday this evening to Joseph Williams from Nanaimo celebrating 100 and happy birthday to Ann Wallace from Ladner also celebrating 100 so congratulations to you both and I hope you've had a wonderful day. Back to the forecast and a couple of the numbers that we did reach today. Soyuz southern sections into the interior up to 5 degrees trail with a high of 1. Areas near the Peace chilly at minus 20 and for Prince Rupert today temperatures up to 7 with Tofino in the double digits and 10. Here's the plume of moisture the atmospheric river that will continue to watch as especially for our Monday morning across the south coast. It'll taper off late for our Monday, but we're still seeing a significant amount of snow falling throughout the day on Monday and likely in towards the evening hours. The winter storm warning that is in effect across the north and central coast and inland sections is where we could see snowfall, also the risk of freezing rain, and the wind warning for the central coast and the northern sections of the island still up to 90 kilometers per hour. Much of the central interior, if you're our southern interior, if you're heading along the mountain passes, it's up to 30 centimeters and that continues for our Monday. The moisture is going to taper off across the south coast, but it'll be on our Tuesday and interior sections, especially for the southeastern corners, will still see snowfall Monday late and towards our Tuesday. For the piece tomorrow, the risk of frostbite with the wind chill at minus 31. Temperatures will be at minus 15 and the bulk of the snow will be for the morning hours with cloud cover and dry conditions for the afternoon. White horse snowfall for the morning, a mainly cloudy sky and dry by the afternoon, with the wind chill tomorrow feeling closer to minus 32. Coastal sections will stay as rain, but we're looking at anywhere between 10 and up to 20 centimeters of snowfall. That'll be for inland sections. Caribou and central interior tomorrow up to minus 1, unsettled for Tuesday, Wednesday, still tracking some light snow. Columbia and Kootenai region, higher elevations will stay as low, snow rather. Lower elevations, though, we'll see, start to see a transition over to rain, similar for the valley bottom into the tops in Okanagan with the snow level rising to 1,600 metres for tomorrow. Whistler, we've got a snowfall warning in effect, 20 and up to 30 centimetres. And across the island, we'll see temperatures up to 11 degrees, but very heavy rain for the morning on our Monday and then tapering off late in the day. Metro Vancouver, 16 up to 90 millimetres. The Fraser Valley and eastern sections included within that. We're up to 10 degrees with the heaviest rain for tomorrow and then tapering off for our Tuesday onwards. Sonia? All right. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. Um, Back in the news tonight, U.S. President Donald Trump has engaged in a new fight, but this time it is with hip-hop mogul Jay-Z. This is coming after Jay-Z appeared appeared on CNN, uh, criticizing Trump's treatment of black Americans. Maybe the Democrats have been giving us good lip service but no jobs. Maybe he's going to say terrible things but put money in our pocket. Does that make him a good leader? No, because it's not about money at the end of the day. Money is not doesn't equate to like happiness. It doesn't. It's, that's that's not missing the whole point. 
We treat people like human beings. While Trump and his thumbs busy on Twitter today, he said, somebody please inform Jay-Z that because of my policies, black unemployment has just been reported to be at the lowest rate ever recorded. Here are the facts. The unemployment rate for black Americans is the lowest since 1972, but it still sits at double the rate of white Americans. Still ahead tonight, Barry has all the day's sports and you might have heard the saying of building a better mousetrap. Well, how about building a better waste basket. What two Canadian students have done, pretty spectacular idea. We'll have that for you before the end of the show. I felt as if I was held hostage over the phone. A new twist on a tax time scam. It's a fraud. You will be, you'll lose your money and the police can do very little about it. An aggressive Bitcoin con. Consumer Matters, Monday on Global News Hour at 6. All right, welcome back. Time to get you a sports fix with Barry. Mm-hmm. You know, Brock Besser keeps this up. You might even become a hockey fan. Oh, or it's start, happening, you know, slowly. You're start, starting to get it a little bit. One day I'll understand the rules. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> offside. Who can figure that out? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sonia. Uh, Brock Besser uh, may be trying his best to be this humble, respectful rookie, which is a very noble way to go about your business. But the kid just keeps doing incredible things that have Canuck fans going He's on our team. I mean, Besser won the accuracy shooting uh, last night at the All-Star Skills Contest in Tampa. And today in the All-Star Game, he took it up another notch with more fantastic sharp shooting. Here he is introduced for Team Pacific wearing his all-whites. What do you think of the white pants? I guess over the course of a season, they, they could just get a little soiled, dirty, you know, all those pucks. Uh, how about this save by Pekka Rene off Connor McDavid, who is flying in. Wow, what a save by Rene. The three-on-three is fantastic in the All-Star game. The players really go for it and a lot more trying. And here's McDavid now setting up a goal by James Neal. Pacific led 2-1. okay. And then P.K. Subban will tie it up for the central. Nice goal here past uh, Mike Smith of the Flames. Ties it up 2-2. But then Pacific get the winner by guess who? Brock Besser. Wow, what a shot past Connor Hellebuck, who did not even move right under the crossbar. And that is just spectacular. 5-2 the final. So Pacific wins, so they're going to the finals. Who will they play? The second game, Sidney Crosby in Metropolitan Division versus the Atlantic. And this was the Nikita Kucherov show. Scored three fantastic goals. Rister on the breakaway. And then, thanks to uh, Jack Eichel, little uh, behind-the-back give-and-go here for the empty netter. And then on the breakaway, this is awesome. Check this out. He intentionally will do the fake shot and let it go through the pads of Braden Holtby. Now, that is amazing talent. 7-4 Atlantic when even the players threw their helmets on the ice for the hat trick. So the final has Pacific versus Atlantic. one nothing Pacific when Johnny Gaudreau is stopped, but there's... The Brock star, Brock Besser with his second goal of the day. Not as pretty as the first one, but you have to know where to be. This is bizarre. Johnny Gaudreau with a long piece of string. What is that? Found out it was a piece of unraveling sock yarn from Jack Eichel's socks. Somehow he didn't fall, but he scored past Terry Price. And then this is a pretty nice goal here by Ricard Raquel. Chips at top shelf. The Pacific won the game 5-2. They won the million dollars. But then afterwards, who wins the MVP? Brock Besser. 
What a weekend. Wins a vehicle and about 90,000 in winnings from the tournament. He's the first Canuck to ever win an All-Star Game MVP and the first rookie since Mario back in 1985. Australian Open men's final, Roger Federer looking for Grand Slam title number 20, taking on Marin Cilic, who beat Vancouver's Vashik Pospisil way back in his first round match two weeks ago. They split the first two sets. Roger, though, takes the third, thanks to that forehand winner. Fourth set. Looks like Federer is going to take this up a break, but Chilich hangs tough, breaking Federer at love to even the set at three all. And then Chilich will break Federer again, this time hammering the inside out forehand winner right there. Took the fourth set 6 3, so we require a fifth and deciding set. Federer gets the early break, and that seemed to take the starch out of Chilich. Match point now. And Federer's serve kicks it out wide. Too much for Chilich, and the greatest of all time does it yet again. His sixth Australian Open title, 20th Grand Slam, adding to his all-time lead in that category. No slowing down at age 36. Of course, winning is just uh, an absolute dream come true. The fairy tale um, continues uh, for us, for me. Um, after the great year I had last year, it's, it's incredible. Meanwhile, in mixed doubles, uh, actually late last night, our time, a Canadian in the final, Gabriela Dabrowski of Ottawa and her partner Matej Pavic taking on Bopana and Babos in the final. Dabrowski actually won a major, the French Open, with Bopana last year. Her opponent this time, and on match point, look at that return by Gabriela Dabrowski, and she is a major champion again, this time with Matej Pavic as they win the Australian Open mixed doubles title. Still to come, we've got some Raptors, some NFL Pro Bowl, and Tiger Woods plays his first competitive Sunday in 29 months at the Farmers Insurance Open, and the results are encouraging to say the least. Highlights when we come back. Welcome back. Tiger Woods is pain-free for the first time in over a couple of years, and he showed he's got some game left in that 42-year-old body this weekend at the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. Tiger didn't get an eighth career win at this course, but he did get a top 25. Pretty impressive for a guy who hadn't played a weekend at a full-field tournament in nearly two and a half years. Tiger says he just needs to control those game-day adrenaline rushes that he hasn't had to deal with for the last 29 months. Nice approach shot here on the fifth. He certainly had trouble driving the ball straight. He was the worst in the field for fairways hit. 30%, which was a career low for him, but he really made up for it with the wedges and the putter. Tiger will delicate birdie putt here at 11. Even par today in tough conditions. Tied for 23rd was his finish, so very encouraging for Tiger Woods. Meanwhile, the tournament went to a playoff. Jason Day, Alex Noren, and Ryan Palmer. Third playoff hole. Day with a chance for the win. Ah, breaks around the hole. We keep on going. They actually yeah, like drop Palmer on the first security. hole, so it's down to Noren and Day, but they're losing daylight on the West Coast. Fifth hole. Noren needs to make this to extend the playoff. He does. They ran out of daylight, so they'll continue the playoff tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. at Torrey Pines. Adam Hadwin tied for 35th. Nick Taylor, 75th. Another windy day in the Bahamas at the LPGA Pure Silk Classic. Reduced to 54 holes because of the bad weather. And on her 53rd hole, the 17th today, Brittany Lincecum with the bird. He gave her the lead for good. She's the champ. Talk about 
losing light. It was near dark by the time they finished and celebrated. Brooke Henderson, who led midway through this tournament, ended up ninth. NBA today, Lakers and Raptors from Toronto. No Lonzo Ball for L.A. He's injured. Second quarter, Fred Van Vliet with the three-pointer. He led the Raptors with 25 today. Gotta love him off the bench, giving him a lot of extra outside shooting. Kyle Lowry, two of his 14 as Toronto led 59-49 at the half. And, of course, DeMar DeRozan always scores. Gets the foul and one here. He had 19 in limited minutes. Raptors cruise 123-111. They moved within one game of first place in the East, which is held by the Celtics. NFC, uh, NFL Pro Bowl, rather, from Orlando. NFC in blue versus the AFC in red. Ben Roethlisberger letting her loose on fourth down. Picked off by Minnesota Vikings uh, D-back Harrison Smith. And he returns it 79 yards for the touchdown. 20-3 NFC at the half. But the AFC are going to come back. Alex Smith will find Tennessee Titans tight end Delaney Walker for the touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, AFC still down by six, but with under two to go, Delaney Walker for the 18-yard touchdown from Derek Carr in the AFC win at 24-23. Russell Wilson, by the way, 9 of 14, 69 yards and a pick. Scotty's day two action from Penticton, Quebec taking on Team Canada and Michelle Inglot, who beat BC in her opener yesterday in an extra end. Pretty routine takeout for the win and gets it. So Canada at 2-0. BC's Kessa Van Osh did beat none of it to even her record at 1-1, and she's on the ice later today against PEI. FA Cup, pretty much mission impossible for Cardiff City. A championship side trying to bring down Premier League giant Manchester City. And how about this? Kevin De Bruyne going under the wall as they all jump, trying to keep it from going over the wall. It's brilliant. And then Raheem Sterling with the header. City comfortably over Cardiff to move on the FA Cup trail into the fifth round. Chelsea also a winner today. Mm, of course. All right, brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Barry. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes to so stay with us. You know Chelsea would win? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Whistler Blackholm with a base of 302. Grouse with a base of 380, Cypress 410, Sasquatch with 23 new centimeters of snow and a base of 361. Revelstoke with a base of 222, Manning Park 197, Powder King 228, Mount Washington 280. Big White with 10 new centimeters of snow and a base of 226, Silver Star 211, Sun Peaks 180, and Apex 200. All right, welcome back. Sometimes the simplest ideas end up being the best, of course, and that is the case for a group of young Calgary entrepreneurs. They are banking on reinventing the waste paper basket. Having like these hooks as sort of swivel hooks on a pin would be good. Two young minds at work, brainstorming how to best combine these bins into one. Maybe for this part we could have a nicer kind of a snap fit. Mike and Murray are University of Calgary engineering students who believe the traditional waste basket at work needs an upgrade. There's a space issue, there's an issue with eating at your desk and throwing away organic waste and recycling into the garbage. This is their solution. You have the attachable compostable bin with a lid on it and then the black trash bin that both can be just attached onto the side. I liked the simplicity of the idea in terms of taking something that is in everybody's uh, day and improving the processes. Rochelle Matthews works with budding entrepreneurs and recently judged a pitch competition at the university's Schulich School of Engineering. It featured lots of ideas that used modern technology 
However, the tiered wastebasket beat them all. It's not expensive. It's not a mental barrier to, you know, sort your garbage at your desk. Um, it's, it's, it's innovative. Matthews plans to help the group develop their product. They want the finished model to be made out of recycled plastic. We're hoping that quite soon we can get rolling on manufacturing and uh, we have some other opportunities for funding in the future coming up, so we're excited for that. Their next chance will happen at another pitch competition in February, where judges may again decide that keeping it simple wins the day. Joel Senek, Global News. Trashy simple. idea. Trashy idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few of those. Yeah. Oh, you have? <laughs> All right, a uh, quick word on the weather before Rainfall we go. Rainfall warning still in effect, up to 90 millimeters uh, across Metro Vancouver into the Fraser Valley, and a significant amount of snow for the interior. Thanks very much for watching. Good night.